Wall Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Imagine, it's a nice, sunny day in January. The air is crisp. What should I do today? I'm a rich person who can do whatever they want. Well, if you're Marcus Schranker, you decide to fly your plane. However, the flight does not go as planned. Your plane spirals out of control. Ah. You have to parachute out. Ah. A regular Amelia Earhart scenario. He went missing. As the story unfolds, it begs the question, was this on purpose? Did Marcus Schranker purposefully crash his plane? What? Find out the lies, the affairs, the crashes, and the scandals on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Ooh, the crashes and the affairs, so the crushes and the crashes, huh? Yeah, the crushes Uh, and the crashes. uh, If you were rich enough to get your pilot's license, would you do it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would not. I'm afraid of fight. See, sometimes I feel, and I think we've talked about this before. I know we have, actually, on on the air about... How like rich people have a fascination with planes because yes, I think they, they want to be they want to be like more than the average man and like conquering the sky. I yeah. feel some like subconscious like I am better. Yeah. So you would do it? Fuck yeah, I would. Oh nice. my god. Nice. Hey, here's the thing: airplanes are the safest way to travel. Okay. Yeah. They are. The cars are will kill you way more easy than an airplane. Yes, they will. So, hmm? and we all know that electric scooters. Are the most dangerous. Don't. <laughs> Don't you joke about that. <laughs> it wasn't funny. All right. That's the only reason I own a helmet now. <laughs> Good. Six staples. Six staples to the skull. Six staples. Poor Kashan. Well, enough about Kashan. Who's Marcus? Marcus Schranker was born on November 27th, 1970. I think that means he's a Sagittarius. I'm not 100% sure. Is that the that the archer one? I don't know. Cool. <laughs> I know I'm a Scorpio and the next thing's a Sagittarius, so I'm pretty sure that... And my birthday's November 12th, so I don't know, dude. I don't know either. You're asking the wrong person well, if you anyway, want to talk about astrology. Anyways, he grew up in Maryville, Indiana, and he attended Purdue University. Go Boilermakers. Is that their mascot? Yeah. The Purdue University Boilermakers. They could have been anything, and they picked that. Yeah, I don't know. It's like an I don't like it. Or something, or? I don't like it when people's mascots don't alliterate. What? Like when there's no alliteration. That so like most things. So like it should be the Purdue Pirates or like the Purdue Pandas or like the Purdue. Yeah. Possums. I want them to rhyme. Not rhyme, alliterate. All right, I'll I'll contact someone for you, Nina. <laughs> so while he was at Purdue, while he was a boiler maker, he met his wife Michelle, who 
was said to be a knockout. Because she had hands like ham. She was a boxer. Well, she was a boiler maker. I would think that would make your hands strong. Welding all that metal to make a boiler. I don't I don't know if you're if you're using that correctly, but okay. I don't think they made actual boilers. Well then what's a boiler maker? I think they worked on you know what? Okay, fine. Okay, we'll we'll settle it. I we'll search for it right now. What the fuck's a boiler maker? Uh okay, it's a drink, I guess, but that's not it. Uh, a trade person who fabricates steel, iron, or copper into boilers and other you. large containers <laughs> intended to hold hot gas or liquid. Okay, there. I thought it was like someone who worked on a ship for some reason. Mm-mm. This is way more stupid. I agree with you now. They shouldn't be the boiler makers. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I want that in writing. <laughs> um, but some sources I read said that Michelle was super hot and she was a size zero. And since it was the yeah. 90s, that was a good thing. Hot skinny bitches gas. Schranker did really well for himself after college. He and his wife ended up having a $1 million home on the lake, which was absolutely beautiful from the pictures that I saw. And like, okay, yeah. Usually the people we talk about when we do talk about their houses, it's a lot more expensive. But we're in Indiana, so a $1 million house is bougie. That's fair. That's fair. And it was 10,000 square feet, so it was massive. I have no basis of what that actually is, but it sounds big. I doubt that your apartment is 1,000 square feet. I think it's 960, so you're right. So bigger than 10 of your apartments. Yeah, that's decent. That's a huge-ass house. That's decent. It's a big house. And, um, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to include that story. They also had three children. They had some luxury cars as well as an airplane. So that sounds like a pretty nice life, right, Kashan? Yeah, except for the children. Yeah, minus the children. Cut the children out of that, and that sounds like a great scenario. Got my hot, skinny wife, my jet skis. If you get rid of those three children, you could afford another luxury car. Honestly, yes. Easy. Actually, you could probably afford more than one. Three. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on record and just say I think a luxury car costs less than a child, and that's probably Ab- supported by the facts. No, that's absolutely true. You know how much shit kids need their whole lives? Yeah, like fucking food. Ew. Food, clothes. What do I, what do I look like? Medicine. A, a handout. Yeah. Get away from me. My Disgusting. dad. My dad has said before that children were the worst investment he's ever made, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. What did it make me feel good? Did no. we talk about what he did? Okay, that's next. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, I was just wondering. I was like, how did he get? How did he get this? Yeah, well, so this is how he got it. He was actually the owner of three different companies. Two of those being Heritage Wealth Management Incorporated, or HWM, and Icon Wealth Management. Heritage Wealth Management was a financial planning firm that focused on low risk investments, and all of these companies. Hmm, they had the same address. And if we've learned anything over the past year doing this podcast, we know that when that happens, something's shady. Nah, they just uh, they divided it, you know, each one's a cubicle, and he runs to all the different cubicles to answer the phone. But he's got to remember which corporation to answer the phone as, so he keeps yeah. mixing it up. It's a great idea for a sketch, not a good idea for an actual business. Plan. No, not at all. <laughs> and uh, Heritage Wealth Management was a financial planning firm that focused on low-risk investments. Schranker deceived his investors for financial gain. It's, I already let you know what's going on. I'm sorry. No, no that's no. fine. He ran, a, he ran a wealth management company. That's yeah. what they all do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he would claim that he would only make money 
if his clients made money. It's called a fiduciary. Yeah, bro. There's a name for it. Yeah. A douche is in the middle of the name, though. So I mean. Douche. And he would use his love of flying to target pilots. He would also befriend his clients, meet their families, etc., to build a relationship and gain trust with them. So he's just really charismatic, basically. Yes. Hey everybody, my name is Marcus Schranker. I can uh, take, I can do whatever you want with your money. Yep. And they were like, "Have a hot dog. This guy's a great." This guy, you gotta bring Marcus around. You more. gotta bring him to the barbecue. That's the life of the party. Yeah, have you ever watched him play <laughs> cornhole? I hate it when people call <laughs> cornhole bags. Uh, yeah, you thought that cornhole would be the stupidest name for the game, but they're like, "Nah, there's bags. It's even worse. It's worse." But uh, anyways, enough about all that. While he was schmoozing, he would tell his clients, hey, I make low-risk investments. And then they would give him his money. Now, he was investing clients' money into annuities. I don't remember because I don't remember anything I say on this podcast, but... I don't think I don't know if we've talked about this before. We haven't talked about annuities. Great. Uh, and uh, I will break it down a little bit more in a little bit, but here's just a little blurb, blurb of what that is. Um an annuity is an insurance contract that provides a fixed income stream for later on in life. Yeah. So like if you have an annuity but you need cash now, call JG Wentworth 877 Anyways, he was making tons of money, um, but whenever he would move the money from one annuity to another, it would cost his clients thousands of dollars. Yeah, because you have to like it's to liquidate an annuity. It's like, it's, it's it's yeah. a lot of money. You yes. it's a big fee. It's like ten yes. percent or something. Oh, like I'll get to that. So Schranker claimed that the fall of the stock market is what caused his clients to lose the money that. He was making them lose by moving around the annuities, and it wasn't his fault. So they thought he was investing in stocks, but he's not even investing he, in stocks? He, like, didn't even... Re- so from what I gathered, like, he really didn't even tell them what he was investing in. He was like, yeah, I just make low-risk investments. And they were like, I believe you. Low-risk investments? Get this guy another hot dog. Right? So... Delta Airlines in Atlanta was going to file for bankruptcy and Schranker. And so because they were going to file for bankruptcy, a lot of employees were going to be pushed to retire early Mm. and were pushed to retirement. So he caught wind of this and he moves to Atlanta and he contacted the employees who are being pushed into retirement and told them that he could invest their money. Now, a lot of these pilots, they were making, like, they had tons of retirement money, and they were like... Yeah, pilots make a lot of money. Yeah, and they were like, I don't know what to do with all this money. It's just like a shit ton of money. Well, one pilot was quoted saying about Schranker, I would trust him with my kids. That's how much I trust this guy. Now, I do hate my kids, so if they did disappear, it wouldn't be that detrimental to me, but yeah, I'd still trust him with them. I still trust him. (laughs) So I'm going to sh- tell a short story about a man named Dave Smith, which is the most um, unique name I've ever heard, um, <laughs> who was one of the pilots that invested with Schranker. In 2006, Smith ends up discovering that Schranker has locked him into a 25-year annuity and that Schranker has withdrawn about 30% of his money out of that annuity. 
And so since Stranker pulled the money out early, Smith was charged $66,000 in surrender fees. He also learned that his money was being moved from annuity to annuity. And every time Shranker moves the money, he's earning at least 13% commission. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Shranker's making a lot of money doing this. So the pilots figure this out and they want to know what's happening with their investments. They want to know, which they should, which honestly you should have fucking realized, like, do a little research. Yeah, there's no way that this guy's like sending them like how uh, Bernie Madoff would send like fake investment results. Yeah, no, to show that there's was no way he's not. Doing this. That was not the vibe that I got from what I was reading. Bruh, they just like from what I understood, these people were very blindly trusting him, which is why he built those relationships. So he didn't have to do what Bernie Madoff did and send the fake shit. They just. Trusted his, him? Yeah, they just trusted him and took Damn. his word for it. But um, when the pilots started demanding answers for these investments, Shranker just left and moved back to Indiana. But. Peace. Um, but the Delta employees, they weren't going down without a fight, and they contacted the Indiana Department of Insurance. In December of 2008, Schranker and HWM got sued by another company for $1.4 million. They apparently had paid Schranker for selling insurance and annuity policies, and he fucked them over. So they sued him. Oh, my God. Also, the Indiana Department of Insurance was going to revoke the license of Schranker and fine him because, I quote, cite, this was why they were fining him. Quote, this is the quote. He was citing a string of complaints from clients, some charging that he forced signatures and withdrew investment money, causing large surrender penalties, which we just talked about with Dave Smith. Um, Schranker was also ordered by a Maryland court to pay Maryland insurance company over $500,000 for issues related to commissions. Oh, so this is a lot of money that he needs to owe right fucking now. So he just so he wasn't investing it. He was literally just putting it into annuities to then pull it out to get the commission to put it back in to pull it out. To yeah, put it back that's in literally it. all he was doing. Oh my god! Which honestly is really stupid. Like it's not. Yeah, obviously you're gonna get caught because you're not even making enough money to run a Ponzi scheme to pay off new right. To pay he's off not old investors. Right, he's not paying anybody off. He's just like collecting this money. He's an idiot. This guy's so stupid. He's so stupid that he ended up being investigated by the FBI for his shadiness. So about eight lawsuits had piled up over 10 years leading up to the big event, which we're about to talk about. And these included slander, interfering with a business relationship, and failing to pay a contractor who worked on one of his homes. There was also issues in Shranker's personal life. Um, Tranker was also known for having crazy mood swings and a bad temper. And his daughter recounts that it was hard to approach him when she was younger because you never knew what kind of mood he was going to be in. He had too many hot dogs. <laughs> too many hot dogs. You know, my uncle told me one time he went to a Cleveland Indians, now 
Guardians game. And it was Dollar Dog Night, and he ate 10 hot dogs, and he said it was the worst hangover in his life. Yeah, oh my God, you're not, uh, what's that guy's name? J- oh, what, Johnny Chestnut. Johnny, yeah, you're not fucking Johnny Chestnut. Don't eat more than like two hot dogs in a sitting. <laughs> Who are you? I cannot stand watching Johnny Chestnut eat hot dogs. I'm having flashbacks right now. Oh, it's of disgusting. 4th of July. If you don't know, Johnny Chestnut is the world champion for eating hot dogs. Yeah, even though that sounds like a porn name, Johnny Chestnut. And you're like, I think this could be something different. You're like, <laughs> hmm. So anyway, uh, I almost said Johnny Chestnut. Okay, anyways, <laughs> Marcus Schranker, he's got a lot of mood swings. He also was um, having issues with drugs and alcohol. And then he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And he did not take his medication because he did not like the way he felt on it. Cool. He feels bad about stealing is what happens. Yeah, he takes, actually, he's like, oh, this makes you feel bad. He's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. I'm going to go off it again. <laughs> I'm going to go off my pills. Um, also, during this time, his wife, Michelle, the skinny hot bitch, filed for divorce because she found out that he was having an affair with a woman who worked at the airport that he would fly his plane in and out of. So, listen to this. When Michelle found out about this, she took a control of an offshore Forex currency account that he had, and she screwed clients out of $1.5 million. Oh, my God. And Schranker was ultimately charged for that. So moral of the story is, don't cheat on Michelle. Holy shit, Michelle. Like Instead that. of just slashing someone's tires, you just went and stole $1.5 million from people who did not cheat on you, by the way. Mm, that's true. You know, these people did not cheat on you, Michelle. Let's calm down a little bit, okay? But he did get in trouble. I guess someone had to. Someone had to. T- <laughs> Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Take the fall. <laughs> well, here's the best part of the story. This is, this is so good. I can't wait. So, on January 10th, 2009, Schranker travels to Harpersville, Alabama in a pickup truck carrying a red Yamaha motorcycle. This motorcycle has saddlebags containing money and supplies. He puts the motorcycle in a storage facility and he tells the owner that he's going to be back to get it on the following Monday. Now, this is like not a short trip. So where his family lived in Indiana was like right outside Indianapolis. And from Indianapolis to Harpersville, it's about a seven hour drive. When I looked at 6 p.m. tonight, when I Google Maps that, it said seven hours and 18 minutes. It's not a short trip. Because he got back to Indiana before January 11th, 2009, when he took an airplane out of an airfield in Anderson, Indiana, with the intention on flying to Destin, Florida. While he was in the sky near Birmingham, Alabama, he makes a distress call telling air traffic control that his windshield had imploded and that he was bleeding profusely. 
Goddamn, a goose came through the windshield. Ah! Goddamn goose! There's a goose in my chest, like sticking in there like a harpoon, like a goose-shaped harpoon. You gotta send help. Send help! (laughs) Get the medic. There's goose loose. Oh my god. I feel it all loosey goosey. I feel it all loosey goosey. That's a pun. You gotta be, you gotta make some comedy when you're dying. Please. Please help. Also, I feel like when your windshield implodes, you're just gonna die immediately. I mean, to be fair, he's not in like a private jet, like a really nice no, airplane. I, this is a little puddle hopper, you know, like, so maybe he's flying low. I yeah. assume. So I, I feel like your windshield could. I don't know. Explode. I, from what I was reading, it's actually like super impossible for your, it's like super they're hard. So strong. Yeah. They're really, it's really hard for those to implode. Like oh, yeah. they don't just implode. No. That's not a thing. But if the goose was wearing a helmet. Oh. Mm. If the goose had a weapon and flew through the windshield. If he's got like a morning star or something, a goose could get through a windshield. I don't even know what a, is that a ninja star? Absolutely not. That's a shuriken. <laughs> what the fuck? That has another name. So a morning star is like, you know what you think of when you think of mace, but it's like a handle with a chain and then the mace ball on the end. Yeah. It's actually called a morning star because a mace doesn't have the chain. So it's the mace without the chain. I don't. I didn't think this was going to devolve into me teaching you about medieval weapons history, but yes. Anyway, the plane implodes. He calls air traffic control, and he sets the plane on autopilot and parachutes out. So since he made the call, military jets were sent out, the Coast Guard specifically, to intercept the plane. It was then discovered... It was not in the airplane. They literally just imagine how scary it must be to fly up to what might be the Tesla of airplanes. It's just flying by itself with yeah, no one inside that's of it. Insane. It said they pulled up and like no one was in the cockpit and the side door was open yeah. and they were just like, "What the fuck?" It would be so weird. Yeah, <laughs> you get, they obviously Marcus is not a smart man. <laughs> He's smart enough, but he's not. Because this is pretty obvious. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like, as soon as they fly up to the airplane, they can see that the windshield's not imploded. They're like, huh, everything huh. seems to be okay. Just Looks no like this person. guy jumped out of his airplane, though, so I don't know. So, um, they followed the plane until it crashed near Milton, Florida at 9.20 p.m. And the plane flew on autopilot for 200 miles. I didn't even know that it could do that. I guess it like it just probably just ran out of gas, and that's why it fell out of the sky. I'd assume. Oh, my God. That'd be so scary if you just saw an airplane fall out of the sky. Also, I guess it fell super close to a residential yeah, area. Yeah, it, it did. It was 50 to 75 yards away from a residential area. So he almost yeah. just like crashed it into a house. He's lucky he didn't. He, well, he would have gotten another charge if yeah, he had. Murder. <laughs> murder. And this would have been the season finale episode. A weird season finale, but yeah. That would have been... Um, I'm glad no one died. Could you imagine that, though? Like, they died in a plane crash, but they weren't on the plane. But they weren't on the plane. It just flew into their fucking house. What a great newspaper story. The plane ends up crashing. They So, Coast Guard looks inside the plane after it crashes, and there's uh, there's no blood. Weird. Yeah, if you were impaled by a goose, there would be blood There'd be everywhere. everywhere. If you got hit... I think if you would just touch a morning star, like just a little boop, your finger's going to bleed. Some blood, at There's least. There's going to be some blood. 
That's the you only thing that makes this a morning goo, star. The only thing that makes this goose story unbelievable is, <laughs> is the that fact that there was no blood present in that plane. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the plane also had no signs of problems. An atlas of the U.S. was also found in the plane, and it had the states of Florida and Alabama torn out of it. Just such, just take the whole book, you I fucking know. idiot. <laughs> Does it just make sense? Take the book. Don't rip out the pages. What He's are you like, doing? Which ones? He's like, ah, the book's heavy. This isn't a what pho- pages do I need? This isn't a phone book in a public phone booth where it's tethered down. You have to rip the page out. Just take the whole book, Marcus. You own it. So, um, here's what happened. Shranker parachuted out of the plane, and he ended up going to a private re- uh, residence in Child- Childsburg, Alabama, arriving at 2.30 a.m. on January 12th. His pants were wet from the knees down, and he told the person that he had been in a canoeing accident. I like to imagine that he was not close to a river. Like he, oh, he probably wasn't. He accidentally stepped in a puddle on the highway, and he's like, I was in a canoeing accident. And they're like, the river's like 300 miles from here. What the fuck? <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> um, so they ended up driving him into town, and he was taken to a local police station. And authorities had no reason to believe at this point that Shranker was related to the crash. They may have not even known about the crash, to be honest with you. Um, so they took him to a local hotel. Hotel. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so anyway, they took him to a local hotel in Harpersville. Hotel Holiday Inn. The way you put the pause in between a hotel. <laughs> I guess a hotel and a hotel kind of... It means the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, he checked into this hotel with a fake name and paid for the room with cash. When the police returned to the hotel later that morning, because remember, it's like he showed up at the house at like two o'clock in the morning. He, they probably wanted to let him get some sleep, show up mm-hmm. at a later time. So they later that morning, they showed up and he had left. Where did he go? Well, Schranker went to the storage facility where the motorcycle was. And he wrote it to a Koa campground? K-O-A. Damn it. <laughs> he wrote it to a K-O-A campground. Why don't they just say it? I don't know. It stands for something. It's an acronym. You city dweller. I don't know. Didn't you grow up? You grew up somewhere where there wasn't stuff around all the time. Yeah, but we didn't have a Koa campground. K-O-A. Please, <laughs> stop calling it a Koa. You sound like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never been to the campground. Obviously. So he went to a KOA campground facility in uh, Quincy, Florida. So he was just like really going all over the place. And so he told the owners of the KOA campground that he was traveling cross country with friends. But where the fuck are your friends? And um, he used cash to pay for a tent site, firewood, and a six pack of Bud Light Lime. You know what? Some people are going to demonize me for this, but I like me a good Bud Light Lime. I've never drank one, but I like Diet Coke Lime, so. Bud Light Lime, pretty good. I feel like it would, I think it'd be refreshing. Pretty good. It also gave him access to Wi-Fi while he was there. How nice. Yeah. So on January 12th, Schranker emailed his friend Tom Britt, who was also his neighbor, and he told him that the crash was a misunderstanding and that he was embarrassed and scared to go home ah come on marcus you can't get cold feet now huh yes you can you already jumped out of the airplane you did everything you can't get cold feet now yeah well he also said that he would likely be gone in the morning how ominous and then 
when Brit read the email, he immediately turned it into police. What a fucking narc, bro. I know. What a narc. I know. Well, the same day, the Hamilton County Superior Court judge, he froze Shrinker and his wife's assets. Oh, no. After they found everything out. Good thing a uh, fucking Michelle already stole one point five million dollars. Yeah, she's already got it in her pocket. Account. She's <laughs> like, well, whatever. So on at ten p.m. on January thirteenth, police capper, capture Shranker in a tent at the camp. Camp? Why can't I talk? I don't know, bro. He got captured on January thirteenth at the KOA campground. The owners of the campground were suspicious already. Before 10 p.m. Because he missed his 5 p.m. checkout time. And when the husband went to go see what was going on, because it was owned by a couple. So she was like, go see what that guy's up to. So he went over to where he was camping. And he, when he got to the tent, he saw a large red stain on the front of it. Was that the guy who was eating a lot of hot dogs? It might just be ketchup. He's like, "Ah, (laughs) spilled the ketchup. That crazy guy. He's a silly goose. Um, It's much sadder than that, though. It was much sadder than that. And then um, the police ended up contacting the couple and asking them if anything was unusual at the campground. And they were like, um, yeah, actually there is. So the guy didn't go in the tent and check it. They didn't immediately call the police, which makes no sense. There is something weird going on. There's a honking from one of the tents. (laughs) I think there might be a goose in In the tent. Uh, So anyways... The police came to the campground after they were like, yeah, there is some suspicious activity here. And when they went into the tent, they found Schranker with a slashed left wrist and also a self-inflicted wound near his elbow. He was barely conscious when he was found. And nothing he was saying was making any sense, and he kept mentioning the word die. He had lost a lot of blood by the time the authorities came, and I still, I, I know I just said it, but like, I just think it's so weird that the couple didn't immediately contact the police. You own a KOA. You probably see some weird shit, to be honest. Like, you know. I guess. Best to leave some things alone that ain't your fucking deal. Okay, but what if he had died? But luckily, paramedics were able to control the bleeding and he was flown to Tallahassee Memorial Hospital. When um, his like campsite was searched, mm-hmm. they found knives, a laptop, toiletry, clothes, MREs, which are meals ready to eat, and some maps. So this guy is like D.B. Cooper, but if D.B. stood for dumb bastard. On January 13th, 2009, Schranker was charged in Hamilton County, Indiana, with 11 counts of unlawful transaction by by an investment advisor. They sent bail at $4 million. That's four times the cost of his house. Yeah. On May 2009... An Alabama judge granted a $12 million judgment against Schranker for a sale of an airplane to a man in Alabama. So I guess he, like, promised this dude he was going to sell him an airplane and didn't do it. I'm not 100% sure what it's about. Um, I couldn't find a lot of info on that, but he did it. That's why you don't give someone the money before you get the airplane. Also, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew airplanes were expensive, but I was, I didn't know. $12 million? Depends on the airplane, I guess. They're probably cheaper airplanes for like, but they have to be multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. And then in 2009, Schranker pled guilty to federal charges of destroying an aircraft and causing the Coast Guard to come out and help him when he didn't actually need help. 
There's a charge for destroying an aircraft? I guess so. All right. In August 2009, he was sentenced to four years and three months in prison and had to pay for one of the charges and had to pay $34,000 to the Coast Guard for making them come out. And then he had to pay $871,000 in restitution to Harley Davidson because it was they were the plane's lien holder. He didn't even own the plane. He didn't even own the plane. (sighs) This guy's fucking dumb. (laughs) And then in August 2010, his possessions had been sold in an auction and there were $20 million worth of civil claims against him. Again, in August in 2010, he claimed guilty to five counts of securities fraud and was sentenced to serve 10 years in prison to pay for his and, and pay for his schemes, he had to pay back the victims for his schemes of more than $630,000. And he was ordered to serve his sentences consecutively. Good. Yeah. So that means he has to be in prison for, what, 14 years? Supposed to. Oh, no. Um, On September 2015, he was released on parole by the Florida Department of Correction with a scheduled termination date of September 16th, 2019. Only served six years out of 14? Yes. And he is now a free man living in Pensacola, Florida. Not really sure what he's doing, though. Not sure what he's up to. Super annoying. It's, like, so annoying. Why make them serve him? Why make him serve them concurrently if you're just going to let him go? Right. What's the point? Or, I mean, consecutively, not concurrently. The opposite of that. Yeah, I don't know. Damn it. I know. It's super annoying. There's never any justice in these cases. And no, I mean, me well, that's why we have the podcast, Kashat. Yeah. That's why you came up with the idea. Yeah. Still so, upsetting. It is still upsetting, but you'll like this part. So while Schranker was in prison, he met a fellow inmate named Michael Cox. <laughs> Cox. Michael Cox. He um, also committed some white-collar crimes. He was a con man, but he did the hokey-pokey, and he turned himself <laughs> around. <laughs> <laughs> I, is, like, I like this that. is so stupid like um so anyway cox always loved writing and he decided while he was in prison to start writing other inmates stories and schranker asked him to tell his story because he felt like he was misrepresented by the media okay and um schranker recounts i'm sorry cox recount, recounts that schranker had no remorse for what he had done. He called him a pathological liar. And Schranker still claimed that the market crashing was the reason why his clients lost all their money. We know that's not true. We know. Uh, everyone knows. Everyone, like, it's not, you're literally lying in the face of evidence that says exactly the opposite of that. I know. There's, like, I'm sure that there's, like, paper trails of him. Opening up annuities and then closing them and then opening up more and That's collecting the, market, the commission. And then, it has nothing to do with the stock market. <laughs> I know. I know. But, um, you know, Cox does decide to tell Schranker's story, but in his own way. And he ended up writing a book called Bailout, The Life and Lies of Marcus Schranker. So it took a fellow con man to con Schranker out of his story. And um, so he, like, does not frame Shranker the way that Shranker wants him to frame him. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, he's like, this not. guy's a fucking, he's like, this guy's fucking 
dumb. And um, I guess Shrinker really embellishes what happened to him when he jumped out. Like the whole story, he just like completely embellishes. And I guess he said like when he jumped out of the airplane, he his testicle almost got ripped off. By the goose. By the goose. <laughs> it was the morning star got launched in his testes. And that's why. Yeah, my God, got in there, almost ripped the damn thing right, right off of my wow. Are you writing this down, Michael? Are you writing this I down? Write, are you writing down that my testicles almost got ripped out of my body? By the morning star that the goose was holding, you are writing this down, Michael, right? You are. You are. Um, so, and this is sad. Shrinker's family ended up falling to ruin, and he has no relationship with his children. Um, not shocking, though. He sounds like he sucks. So Yeah, I mean, he sucks. They're probably better off. Absolutely. And um, I watched an interview with his daughter, and she said, my father's alive, but my dad is dead. Oh, dab. Oh, fuck yeah. I was like, oof, poignant. <laughs> That's That tugs at your heartstrings. That's good. It was good. So, Marcus Schranker, he was a man who soared to great heights. But just like Icarus, who flew too close to the sun, Schranker's life melted into a pile of wax that destroyed his life. We look at Shrinker's story, and although we may have dreams of flying high, maybe it's best if we stay close to the ground and have a better getaway plan, because that one sucked. Yeah, take yeah. the book. Take yeah. the atlas. Take the fucking you. atlas. If there's one thing you've learned from this story, it's to take the fucking atlas. Dumbass. Dumbass. Also, angle your plane down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Angle the fucking plane down. What the hell? Just don't. So there are a lot of things that I feel like if he just sat down and maybe did and a brainstorm about it, a little, a little plot, you know, yeah. like uh, he might have figured, he might have figured out a better plan than this. Yeah, the denouement of his plan. Oh my god! Dude, I had to do so many of those in school. Isn't that what it's called? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the the whole like story outline. The denouement is specifically like... The oh, the end. climate. Yeah. Oh, that's the end. The ending. That's right. Yeah, well, he didn't plan the ending very well. I've seen the ending or the beginning. It's one of those. I don't remember. Plato, am I right? <laughs> am Wait, I right? Aristotle. It's Aristotle. Was it Aristotle? Yeah, the Aristotelian structure of a play. Okay, they don't care about that. Anyways, thanks so much. <laughs> no, we can talk about that one. We already talked about Morning Stars. We can't, yeah, we can't yeah, go we into can't, we theater can't. history, we, Nina. We can uh, talk more about that after People we... People aren't interested. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was a fun one. I really liked this one. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that I was in charge of this one. Me too. Yeah. It's just such a stupid. It's, just, it's so it, stupid. When I was doing my own little bit on like research on it, I was like, "This is ridiculous." It is, but it's, it's hilarious. It's one of the. I think it's one of the most ridiculous stories we've ever covered. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, anyways, uh, outro, Kashan. Oh, you want me to do it? You had well, started right, doing right, it. You were right, doing right, it. You were doing right, a great job. I'm going to do it because I wrote it all down, and I'm going to try my best to do this for the first time in four seasons. Um, all right. Ready for that? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, please, 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 please support us. A free way to support us is by leaving a review. Analytics show that 80% of you are listening on iTunes right now. 
And it would really help us if you were to go on there and if you like what you heard, leave a five-star review. But if you didn't like what you heard, just leave us an honest review, a review that can help us build. You know what I mean? To grow. Oh, yeah. If you want a less free way to support us, you can buy merch on Public. We've got hoodies. We've got hats. We've got sweaters. We have stickers. We have mugs. Any Anything and everything that you can think of is on T Public, and that money goes into our pockets. Yeah, if you pay me enough, I will show up to your house, and I will do whatever you want for the whole day. But you will have to talk about pricing with me about that separately. All right, that's a new offer that we haven't heard before. Also, you can follow us on social media: facebook.com slash white collars red hands. Our Twitter at white collars pod our instagram at white collars underscore red hands hell yeah and we are also on entertainment buffet's youtube channel where you can listen to our podcasts we also get paid that way you can listen to us on youtube while you you know clean your house take a shower etc it's not as weird as it sounds I think that covers it. Yeah. Uh, you can also, if you want to suggest a show to us, oh, or yeah. suggest a topic, or get in contact to us in a way that's not over our socials, uh, you can send us an email at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. You can also listen to the show directly or interact On with our us through website. our website, whitecollarsredhands.com. And then that covers it. That covers it. See you next time on another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Red Hands.